some memories again from my pilgrimage to the Holy Land years ago. This time, the, uh, our trip to the Jordan River. Again, it was a whole group of seminarians, Catholic seminarians, and there at this historic site where the Lord, we believe, was, was baptized by John in that Jordan River. And it was, at first, it was quite underwhelming. There's not a whole lot going there. It's kind of in the middle of the desert. Not a whole lot around the river, but just uh, this old, kind of, honestly, a, a, kind of a gross, uh, muddy and uh, dirty river is what it looked like. A little bit underwhelming. So my, uh, my, my meditation while I was there, I recall, was just, wow, the Lord was really, uh, really humble to, to, to enter into this dirty river along with the other men and women getting baptized. Just a real beautiful act of humility for him to do that. Um, but uh, all of us seminarians, we were definitely not getting in, for one thing. Um, we, it was, again, dirty, and, and maybe at best we took our shoes off and stepped in to, up to our ankles, but that was about it. Uh, and as we were peacefully, calmly uh, meditating, praying there, um, a bus comes in, another bus comes in out of the desert and uh, um, pulls up. You can't get too close with the bus to the river, <clears throat> but maybe a football field's distance away. And so the bar- bus par- parks and, and out start streaming this throng of very excited, uh, whooping and hollering people, and they don't even uh, even sample the water or look at it much beforehand. As soon as they get to the edge, they dive right into the water and, uh, and start dunking each other under the uh, water and just full of joy and excitement, enthusiasm, and it was uh, quite a spectacle. It was, uh, it was rather beautiful to see, um, and the juxtaposition um, we, we were even the seminarians wearing black and all timid, and here they were all wearing these same white gowns, uh, jumping in into this Jordan River. Uh, quite the uh, scene. So <clears throat> after uh, witnessing this spectacle, I got to talking to one of them afterwards, drenched in Jordan River water, and, uh, and, and got to find out that they were evangelicals, evangelical Christians. And then just, you know, get to talking to them, asking, why, why, why so excited? Why so enthusiastic? And they're like, you know, the day we were baptized, right, that the Lord promises us through St. Paul that we become temples of the Holy Spirit. That was the day the Holy Spirit was born into our souls. And I'm like, yes, amen, that's true. We believe that, of course. And, uh, and they're, you know, so enthusiastic about that. And they said, well, that day was the greatest day of our lives. And here we are at the Jordan River. We get to renew that day for once. Like, finally, we get to renew that moment that we were baptized. I thought, wow, that is, that's really neat. That's really true. Um, and, uh, and then we parted our separate ways. We got on the bus, the seminarians, Catholics, got on the bus to head to Jerusalem because the next thing on our agenda was to celebrate the Holy Mass. And I got to thinking there in that bus, you know, maybe one of the reasons, one of the reasons at least, why we Catholics weren't so jumping with joy, enthusiastic, and jumping into the Jordan River is because, well, every single time we go to Mass, every single time we receive that Holy Spirit, Every time we come to the Mass and receive the Lord in the Eucharist, we renew, in a sense, are re-baptized again with the Holy Spirit and fire. We have access to this Holy Spirit every Sunday, at least, if not every day. Perhaps that's why there was this bit of a difference there. So, on this Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, praise God, you were able to brave the weather to be here at Mass. So, I'll ask you, though, what is it that you came here to do? What is it you came here to Mass to do this morning? Perhaps to say the responses of the Mass, to sing some hymns, to see each other, to to watch the priest do what he does at the altar. But did you come here as well to be rebaptized with this Holy Spirit in the fire of God's love? Did you come to renew that indwelling of the Spirit in your hearts? Because you might recall, 
That is what you and I were commissioned to do at the day we were baptized. We were given that mission by our Lord to return time and again to receive him at the altar. Just as uh, Father Bill and myself, we were commissioned at the ordination of our priesthood. We were commissioned by the bishop, by God, to celebrate the Mass at the altar and, and distribute the Holy Communion. Just as we were commissioned to do that, again, you were commissioned at the day of your baptism, sent out by our Lord to be temples of the Holy Spirit, to be porch bearers of the fire of God's love in the world. And nothing less than that. Your godparents were handed a blazing candle, a burning candle, on the day of your baptism, and they were told to never let that fire of God's love die out in your hearts. A great task for them and a task for all of us. Because the thing is, that fire does go out, though, if we are not careful. That fire of God's love. Scripture says that Jesus is the light of the world, the light in the darkness of the world. We're told that that darkness will never be overcome by the light of God. That darkness will never, excuse me, the light of God will never be overcome by that darkness. Jesus will always win. There's no doubt about that. But it's also true from Scripture that this world is full of that darkness. That darkness of sin, darkness of division, darkness of a lack of love. If you were, uh, if you were to, to, say, leave a fire burning in our fire pit out there in a cold, snowy day like now, if you were to leave it unattended, it's not going to last very long. It's going to go out. So too with the fire of God's love, the one that dwells in our hearts from the moment of our baptism. That spirit of God, it will burn out if we leave it unattended. So we're commissioned by our Lord to keep returning to him, to keep coming here to the Mass, to the Eucharist, to the only place where we are absolutely guaranteed to be renewed by an actual physical and spiritual touching and communion with the spirit of God himself to allow him to stoke that fire, add firewood to it to keep it ablaze. The Eucharist is the true presence of God in this life. The Jordan River is great, but it's not the Eucharist. One last thing, one last thing. I would have loved to have invited those uh, evangelicals to consider the power of the Eucharist that we so cherish as Catholics. I didn't get a chance. It was a quick encounter with them, but I can guess what they might have said. It's a guess, but I've had a few encounters like this before, and it seems that each time I'm re re the response that I receive from other Protestant brothers and sisters as well, is that, you know, you Catholics, you Catholics, you think that the Eucharist is like a, is like a magic pill, and that all you have to do is show up and receive, and everything's going to be okay. You'll be right with God. And, you know, that's not the case. That's not what we believe. That's not true. But sadly, that is what so many of us fall into. That's so, what so many Catholics tend to do, just show up, receive, and think that all will be okay. It's probably what I did for most of my life growing up until entering seminary. But on this Feast of the Baptism, on this feast of the birth of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's renew our baptismal promises, baptismal graces, by truly believing that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit will be made present on this altar. And then in faith, let's welcome our King into our souls once more. And let's let us bring this fire of God's love out into a world that is longing, longing for the light in the darkness.